Okay, guys, welcome back to um, this time episode 29 of the BJJ 101 Story and Podcast. And today we have an awesome guest in Christiane Ryder. Um, Christiane, I always try to start with like a fairly basic question. I talked to you about it a little bit before, but like just intri- we, we kind of know about you. We know you've trained here before, here and there. We know that you have a history of competing in judo and MMA and some jiu-jitsu stuff as well. But just talk about yourself a little bit and, you know, go into as deep as you want. I always like to start chronologically, like, oh, where you grew up and, and that kind of thing. And then also, like, along that journey, where you kind of got introduced to martial arts and why. Yeah, right. Um, well, thanks for having me, for starters. Um, yeah, I feel like it's I've done martial arts my entire life. Um, it was a coincidence. I started when I was 10 and um, actually... I have ADHD, but, you know, had a troubled kind of childhood and mum was just trying to find a way to survive, I think, and I was in every single sport possible and everything started to clash and I was 10 and mum took me down to the local PCYC and showed me the program and said, you know, we've got to drop this and this, so find something on these days. It was $2 and I took up judo and I remember I, I started and within a couple of months I was like, beating the boys and I was like I love this I'm coming (laughs) back and I ended up dropping pretty much everything else I I I did swimming and gymnastics um to try and just um to improve judo but I was only competing and dedicated to to judo um and yeah I I did that and um competed internationally for the first time Uh, I think I was 12 I did my first tour of Oceana so I got to go with my coach and a small team and traveled all around like Fiji and Samoa competing in like local tournaments and just training it was um that was pretty cool and then competed in New Zealand and um again when I was 12 and then from there it was just got bigger and better and competed at the Olympics when I was 18 um and that same year I decided to move overseas it's too expensive as an athlete to compete for australia and live in australia um and i'm sure that's the same in jiu-jitsu and and um you know a flight overseas at that time would cost you two thousand dollars whereas i lived in london and i could fly to um you know france or wherever the competition and it was a hundred bucks um and you just have you know there's more, unfortunately, that at the time, especially, there was more competitors, there was more bodies to train with. So I made the decision to move at 18 and live abroad. Um, and yeah, I loved it. It was, it was the best decision I made for my career at the time. And also just as a person, I've you know been really fortunate with the growth that came from the experience uh, experiences I've had um, in martial arts. Um, and then, yeah, I was injured um a couple of years later and was really burnt out and decided to come home um and then from there I was just I did a little bit more judo and I was still competitive I was burnt out and I just needed a new challenge I'd been doing it majority of my life um and then met some people through my work uh actually met um the guys that ran the um gym that was at Bowen Hills I used to work at a supplement shop and they were running a 12-week women's martial arts program Um, at at the time I believe it was one of like the first in Brisbane there was all these 12-week challenges for men and they invited me to come down and um, train with the girls and 
opportunity to then do the challenge if I wanted to. So it was a 12-week MMA experience for women and it was a fundraiser for ovarian cancer, I, I believe, um, or breast cancer, actually, I believe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I did MMA, got to train with the guys in the jiu-jitsu and then compete at the end and I loved it and it was new and yeah. I was, you know, yeah, I had judo, but I was the underdog. It was pretty cool learning new things and... Um, yeah, so that was, I think I was about 23 when I did that. And then, yeah, since then I've been jiu-jitsu and MMA and I pop into judo sometimes because, you know, I'm like my judo coach is my family. I love yeah. him a bit and my kids do judo, but yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's a, sorry, those are like no, no, that's all right. Like, version, but that's, yeah. That's no, good. that's like a pretty, um, you know, like a lot of different experiences and stuff like that and also like pretty quickly. So... What, what do you think, like, let's just go back to, like, yeah. 10 and that type of thing. Were you doing other, um, like, sports and things like that before you started judo? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, like I said, like, I had ADHD. And at the time, like, back then, you were just naughty. It's a bit yeah. different now, yeah. kids. Um, and my mum just, like, the outlet for me was sport. Yeah. And... I am naturally a very competitive person and I thrive in that atmosphere. Um, and yeah, so we were, you know, I had a really strict diet from a kid um, just to help with my behavior. Yeah. Um, but then also, um, yeah, I would, I was just training and I just had all that energy to get out and I loved it. Like it actually, you know, it was really good for me and my mental health and my behavior and everything else as a kid. Um, but I did gymnastics and swimming. I did athletics, um, netball. I, I've tried everything and every, anything sports. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how do you uh, how do you think that uh, sport would be beneficial for a child? Yeah. Um, so, in my house, I've got two kids, yeah. and I have, you know, my daughter's a lot younger, but they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Like my son's really not competitive like he would quite happily sit in front of the xbox or lego or just something at home he's a bit of an introvert yeah. and whereas my daughter already like you know from the moment she could crawl she's like hooks in like she already knows his hooks in the brother like ever drops down on the ground to pick something up she's on his back and trying to choke him out and she's yeah. tiny um, so they're, they're very, very different personalities and easy to then push her into sport. Whereas with my son, it's a conversation and negotiating and explaining why sports, you know, exercise is good for you. Um, I actually think it's more beneficial for him than it is for her because he is such an introvert and he's, you know, it's, he has done jujitsu and judo, um, and he does participate in both, um, and he's very, like, he's scared of losing. He's scared of not being good at something. He's, and it's such, like, for him as a person, the challenges of, okay, I might lose, but being okay with that or, you know, just being able to push yourself past those boundaries that you give You're yourself. you resilience, right? Yeah, resilience. Yeah, in everything. Like, yeah, it might make him a better athlete or it might not he may never decide to compete but what that gives him in his skills as a human and everything he faces if you aren't afraid to try like there's nothing you you know 
Yeah, you kind of remove some of the limits you put on yourself, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's a big challenge right now uh, these days. Uh, I hear a lot of parents saying, look, I, did you, they just want to be at home and playing games. Yeah. And they even aware of how important is uh, yeah. any type of sport in their lives, you know, the little ones. But they're just not able to find a way. Yeah. Um, so how you actually do that? Because my mom yeah. bribed me, for example, yeah. when I was five years old to go to judo. Yeah. She's like, oh, you go, I'll give you ice cream. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> and I don't easy. remember yeah. much of the it's judo easy. classes, um, but I remember the ice cream, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it worked. But yeah. what do you do now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. We have, we've kind of got a deal in our house that, and, and it always like starts differently. I do know that, you know, we've had periods where, um, depending on where Grayson was at the time, like it, we have had, you know, the strategy of, I know he wanted something like whatever it was at the time, that was a toy. And Compensation. I, yeah, we, we <laughs> were, we, yeah, we were bribing, we were like, you know, uh, okay, every session's $2 and eventually you'll be able to buy that toy. Like you've earned it. Like, right, right. but I also, yeah, we kind of just have a deal now that, you know, you can have screen time, you can have, you know, um, like whatever it is like Some generally type of reward. screen, yeah, screen yeah. time yeah. is for him um but it's like let's balance it out you know yeah. whatever you, you want to be able to sit in front of the screen but you also need to have that it's time gonna, exercising it's gonna cost so. this though yeah, i think yeah. that's an, i think that's an important um thing to start to teach people in general otherwise yeah like yeah these skills of understanding that like all right everything that you do every action that you take is actually going to cost something or yeah. it's actually going to lead to this yeah or doing this means that like i think it's very um irresponsible to teach people that they can have everything they want and you can have your cake and eat it too and mm. i think that kind of happens a lot especially with sports scenarios because everyone gets a medal now everyone gets a certificate everyone yeah. gets a celebration yeah everyone's a champion there's no winners there's That's, no losers yeah. and like <clears throat> i understand the idea behind that and like yeah. oh everyone's included and all this type of thing but it's just not realistic yeah. and when they get to a point in life where they have to do things on their own and they are hit with the reality of life, they don't know how to deal yeah. with it because they haven't d dealt with those scenarios and they haven't developed those skills. So yeah. I think doing these types of things where you explain to people like, all right, you want to do all this, you want to have all the screen time, you want to do all that, no problem. You got to do this stuff first. Yeah. All right, you want to buy that toy? Well, mow the lawn three times a oh, week. Perfect. Here's yeah. 10 bucks a week I, and da 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 I yeah. do think um, <coughs> I... I do try to be careful in how I, I don't want it to be, oh, I'm going to jujitsu or judo in like, yes, it is a reward, yeah. but it's also, just I, because I don't, yeah, I don't the, want him to uh, be pushing himself to get through that class and that at the end of that class, he uh, then walks over and goes, okay, where's my iPad uh, or yeah, where's yeah, my $2? Yeah, yeah. Like I, it's for me, it's, it's, it's just the wording I use in yeah. like it's a compensation and it's important to have a balance of both and yeah. not you're getting this because of this yeah. it's yeah you can have both but you can't have one or the other yeah. and um yeah I, I don't want I look my kids I I when I found out I was pregnant with my son I was like man my kid's gonna follow in my footsteps and love martial arts yeah. and, and we can do judo together and we can do jujitsu and imagine like because I was quite young when I had him I was like we're gonna be at the same comps together like how <laughs> yeah, cool yeah. is that but yeah it's not it's not reality he may hate it yeah he may never want to do it and and i have to be okay with that yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna encourage him to try and hope he <laughs> likes it um yeah. 
But yeah, I also will never force him to be on the mat if he hates it. If mm. he's just there for a reward, for me, we'll find something else. But yeah, I don't want, I don't, I don't want him to not be loving it. I think most people that do this stuff, they learn how fun and amazing it yeah. is, though. So I think like that initial compensation or reward just to get him on the mat, that yeah. everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, like yeah. It, get because out of the it, house. for yeah. the most, like, all right, yeah, what, you know, two in ten or one in ten kids might not like yeah. it, but like the other eight or nine out of ten, yeah. just getting them here yeah. is the battle. And then once they're here, yeah. they have fun and they enjoy it, and the adults yeah. are the same. And yeah. and you know, with that. It is also just finding your community, and that's what I yeah. think is really important. Is sure. just because they may not like it at one gym, yeah. and you know I've been to a thousand gyms, um, mm. traveling and just finding new partners and finding where I fit in. Um, it's the same with kids. Like just because they don't like it the first time, maybe it's not your community. Maybe yeah, there's true. another gym that they, um, you know, they fit in know. better. Like I can sit here and be like, this club is the best club in the whole world best club for me for yeah. you exactly yeah. exactly yeah and you see that when that actually works really well they actually become friends outside of the match yeah you know and yeah. like and, they, and that has a massive bond because yeah. jiu-jitsu creates a big bond yeah. so the friendship is very strong you yeah know? kids and adults I, i've been here like i remember like it's been a long time since i've and i remember coming down here one night and um i don't know that we, you guys had something going on and you had to set up for something and you're no one went home everyone stayed and helped what well, i can't remember what it was but, uh -huh. and it's the same at my gym like it's probably a barbecue yeah well <laughs> like that eventuated but yeah like, like that. yeah like you know it's a community yeah, and yeah like yeah. that's i love that about martial arts and yeah I, i you know my gym i've been here and seen it here too everywhere like no one wants to go home yeah you know training finishes but You know, you want to sit and chat to your friends and like no one wants to go home. And I love that. I really do. Yes, yeah, that's, a, that's a common theme that we've talked like with the you know other 20 or so people that we've interviewed and talked about. And like whether it's to do with their kids or their family and stuff like that, the, the biggest thing that they always mention is like this, the, you're reintroducing this like tribal community back into like modern yeah. society which kind of you don't really find anywhere else yeah. and like some people can create it in like sporting teams but i don't know what it is about jiu-jitsu and about like the nature of martial arts yeah. itself but particularly jiu-jitsu because you like you, you're risking your body with somebody else and you yeah. trust them so deeply with yeah. certain things like it's, it's just even more intense yeah. and, and a deeper kind of connection that you build with people yeah. it's very very unique in that way Yeah, mm -hmm. so th that was something that like comes up fairly often that yeah. I found very interesting. Prashant, I want to ask you um, two questions, very specific. Um, so first of all, um, when a judo player um, transits to jiu-jitsu, yeah. um, he obviously have very, um, very uh, great standing up game, you know, it's yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, and normally plays more at the top. You know what I mean? Good immobilizations, yeah. you know, the passing's fine, has a good balance, doesn't get sweep easy. So did you also felt the same route was like, it was the hardest part for you in jiu-jitsu was actually the bottom, was actually God? Yeah, so um, my judo coach is um, Irish. So he's um, he did majority of his, his own career in um, the UK and then he moved to France. Yeah. Um, And I've been very fortunate and very, uh, my, my experience is quite unique in where, you know. New Waza? Yeah. But like, because like, you know, 
now judo players are exposed to a lot more like wrestling and jujitsu whereas when i was growing up and i was competing we weren't it was very modern um japanese style stand up and traditional and i was really lucky like my coach had really good ground game and i i remember having a conversation with him um when i you know started getting selected for things and he was you know you're good here in australia but once you step over seas you're a little fish like there are going to be big dogs that are incredible like at everything like groundwork standing work and he said you want to be just as feared on the ground as you are standing and yeah that stayed with me and i've always um every martial arts so even now in mma um you know, I came in as the judo girl and especially like, you know, Ronda Rousey being yeah. one of the first um, females to make MMA, like to be really well known in MMA. Everyone's like, you want to be like Ronda? I'm like, man, Ronda's incredible, but I don't want to be like Ronda. I want people to be like, man, this girl can punch too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't want to be one dimensional. Um, so yeah, I am. I do think my groundwork is quite different to other judo players. Like yeah. I, I did come with some, like, I actually really like playing from my back. I'm not, I don't like playing. I do play guard, that's, but I, I, I do think I'm a little bit more diverse. Um, but yeah, it was really hard to let go of just doing judo. It took a long time to actually learn new things. That was really hard. And because, you know, as, when, you're, when you're good on the ground, like, people don't let, like, people aren't going to let you necessarily, like, just learn something new. Like, you're going to have to work for it. And, yeah. and um, you know, having a coloured belt and, and I think when people feel like you grab onto someone, you're like, yeah, they're strong or, like, you know, they know what they're doing. Like, mm. you know, they, you then have to fight for everything. So it was hard to not just go back to what I'm good at. It's like... Does that make sense? Yeah, like, so I kind of I kind of think you're saying that it's difficult to like, when you have a competency in something else, yeah. it's really difficult to go straight back to like another skill where you're starting from like square yeah. zero with no, like not that you don't have any skill there, but you're like, you know what I mean? You might be a business owner that has all this stuff here and then you want to, you know, do some other type of business yeah. a, um, avenue, but like y- you, you have to like start again almost. Yeah. And it's a really... Um, confronting kind yeah. of experience is that kind of what you're saying yeah like so, so i have a purple belt <coughs> yeah um and yeah i feel like if people don't know me already so if i roll with somebody yeah. new they're not like you know i might i feel like i'm still fresh to jujitsu like i've been yeah. doing it for a long time now but i still feel like i'm fresh like i'm not i don't feel like you know i'm jiu-jitsu I know has, what I'm doing. i think jiu-jitsu has is uh it's a bit different in that sense because it's so vast yeah. And unlimited. Then yeah. you also you're always gonna carry this feeling. Yeah. Like yeah, I've been doing jujitsu more than thirty years, and some days I wake up and I say, "Man, I don't know nothing." Yeah. You know, like and and I, I always tell people, "Don't be worried about that. That's yeah. fine. It's too vast." You know. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. I think people make an assumption. You've got a colored belt that you know what you're doing. And look, I think I'm good at jujitsu. Oh, you know everything. You know. Yeah. Like I I think I'm a I'm a good. I'm good at martial arts. I, like, it's taken a long time for me to be able to say that. But, yeah, I think I'm good at martial arts, but, like, I'm still learning. I still feel fresh, especially yeah. in jiu-jitsu. I'm, I, you know, I roll with, like, you know, like, there's a particular, like, girl, like, with a, that I admire, like, you know, in martial arts, and I roll with her, and I'm just like, I don't know anything. 
you are incredible like how do i be like you like Mm. you know and um (laughs) yeah it makes me feel like a white belt again and but yeah i i always you know it is hard to let go of what you're good at yeah and in in terms of wanting to grow like because there's always that little bit of competitiveness that i don't want to get swept or i don't want to get tapped so okay my jujitsu is not working i'm going to go back to playing my judo game um and for me i think i got injured and um had some time off and um and then coming back i and having to be restricted in what I could and couldn't do, I really pushed myself to learn new things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because people were a bit more flexible in my training because they know I, they knew I was injured, I would then, you know, was develop new bit. skills. Yeah, no, yeah. I, we we've talked about this stuff a lot, and it comes down to like kind of um, we people do this naturally, and they do it around attribute as well. So like somebody that's really strong when they can't compete in a technical sense yeah. they'll revert back to their strength yeah, yeah. somebody that's really flexible will rely on that somebody that's really quick and agile will, will rely on that do you think like two this is kind of like a two-part question do you think that um having a higher level skill in judo made it more difficult to learn jiu-jitsu because you could rely on judo to some extent in certain areas yeah yeah definitely yeah. it's it's you know um yeah, if I get stuck in guard, like, me naturally, I go to heavy guard pass. Like, yeah. judo player, I just drop my weight and I'm, like, squash technique. Like, that's yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, like, it, trying it, to let go and just new, learn new things is hard. Learning yeah. new things as an adult in anything it's is hard. difficult for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, again, it comes down to your community and, yeah, yeah. and who you're rolling with and, and your mindset. And then, like, the second thing was um, with, um, like, you already coming from a situation where you're a black belt in judo, is that the type of thing that you're talking about with, like, people, you're a black belt in judo, so they have, like, a different expectation of you when they're training with you? Is that what you were meaning before about Um, the difference in belt? Yeah, like, if people know you and they know that you um, have a black belt, then, yeah, there's an expectation. Um, But also, you know, you know, like, you roll with people when you grip on you genuine you like genuinely know if someone's like physically strong or if they kind of have a good balance and you then respond to that like i if i grip up with somebody and i can feel like they're a bit nervous and it's their first time i'm going to respond differently to someone that grips on and they're like they're coming for me i think Um, that mindset comes from being very high level though in judo i don't know if somebody that's like early early stages of jujitsu yeah. if they're like a blue belt or a white belt yeah. i don't think they'll be able to make that assessment yeah maybe maybe as well being female yeah. like i think that um yeah guys i see you know i've trained with different guys from different gyms that you know may grip up with an assumption because i'm a female but then when you grip up and they're like oh hang on she knows what she's doing yeah, yeah, yeah. so like in like maybe like that um yeah, like you don't get rolled like a white belt female that has never stepped on a mat before. They're like, okay, you know what you're doing. And yeah, yeah. They'll take so you. So you set the tone of the training, is yeah, that Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah, I think yeah. whoever, yeah, both people are responsible for that. But yeah, yeah. yeah I think, yeah. But I think if you, if you do have a high level, uh, like, you know, you already done for a long time something, it's much easier for you to feel. And make what, an assessment. Yeah, and make the, the assessment like, sure. super quick yeah. and then cater to that person, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and even for example i used to say that for me the most scary people to train with are the beginners yeah because you don't know what the elbow is gonna go you yeah. don't know what the movement is they gonna don't know so it's so unpredictable yeah. that it's actually unsafe but so i train with them just basically protecting me you know yeah. what i mean like i'm not and just i don't just want i just don't want to get hurt you know so uh, but that level of uh of like a uh, perception i think you achieve with time you know yeah um just like another question to do with like the competition stuff did you start doing jiu-jitsu while you were already training judo or only after you had come back to australia after competing uh so I, I have done some cross training yeah. so um when i lived in the uk we i lived in a full-time judo facility yeah. um but we had jiu-jitsu guys that came in and trained a couple of nights a to week. try and learn um like no 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 like up. they had their own gym that oh, like okay, they okay. would come in and their gym trained a couple of nights when judo finished oh, I see, um I and see. i think that was the first time i was exposed to jiu-jitsu yeah. um so they just let us come in and like and and train with them um and it was really different like yeah. back then i was like it was what a is this whole crazy different stuff sport. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. in judo we have very minimal time on the ground like if you're not progressing you get stood up straight yeah, away yeah. um and whereas they spend the whole time there yeah. yeah like i remember um the like my very first role in jiu-jitsu and um i got into guard and the guy just sat there with his legs crossed and like he was like slowly setting things up but i didn't know that yeah, yeah. i was like because for us like any position we get into it's like okay quickly try and progress or i'm gonna get stood mm -hmm. up and um you know even when our like at training our um neighbors are like groundwork rounds are shorter because yeah. we are like we're generally a little bit faster mm -hmm. um and yeah i was like what's he doing like oh my God, i don't know what i'm doing like yeah. like it was really i would just confronted like with it's really different like you have more time to set things up and that's you know what you said before like there's there's a whole world of techniques and things that i've just never been exposed to in judo because mm. it's for me it was okay find you know three or four techniques that would be my love. next question yeah so you've got like three or four techniques that you love and we just drill that over and over you and become over a sniper yeah. every position yeah. possible yeah. and so now i'm like wow there's like all these so things diverse. I have no idea what just do. just one other question like going back a little bit what was it like living at the, like that facility so going um, there at 18 right yeah so i moved over just before my 18th birthday um so i the year i turned 18 was the year i went to the olympics um and that was the year i made the decision i if i want to be competitive like what's the difference you want to go to the olympics or do you want to win a medal yeah and yeah i could make the olympics um but i didn't want to go to just go for the experience yeah. i actually wanted to represent myself there and so i made the decision to move that year and and have the best possible lead up to the olympics and yeah just before my i turned 18 there actually i moved over and my new housemates helped me celebrate my 18th birthday and um yeah we it was awesome like it was such a cool opportunity and living with like-minded people that it was ridiculous at times like we are tired and we're all cutting weight at the same time yeah, and, yeah. you know it gets a bit feral but it was also you make lifelong friends, friends yeah. you know because you've just been you've had the highest of highs and the lowest, lowest of lows, lows yeah. together and uh, one thing that i found really amazing when you're actually sharing the same like goals uh, as somebody else so yeah. in the same like uh, yeah. outside of the gym i remember uh vivid like we used to train and go to some of our friends house and stay there and we used to exchange techniques and talk yeah. about oh, when you swept me we used to go in the middle of the carpet and one show yeah. like share a lot of techniques as well yeah. when you 
staying together. Yeah, there's look, there's um, good and bad things. Like, yeah, yeah definitely. It's competition between. Each yeah. Other. Do you think judo is a, this is actually one observation I had. Do you think judo is a little bit different? My yeah. experience with judo, um, I had, I had a, a, a long experience with judo, um, but and I and I found that judo guys they don't they're not as willing to share as jiu-jitsu yeah actually yeah, i found that very <laughs> that that was a very uh yeah. different for me yeah. uh in terms of yeah. in that aspect yeah i um my yeah jiu-jitsu has been um yeah what we talked before about people like hanging out but after class yeah, and yeah. friends it's a really different atmosphere like there are you know um there's there's, every club's different. There's clubs which are just recreational and then there's clubs that have killers and there's clubs that have a bit of both. Um, but jiu-jitsu, are, like, regardless of, you know, the actual atmosphere of the gym, everyone I find, like, I find, like, jiu-jitsu is just different. It's, you know, everyone loves it and everyone wants to see each other progress. And, and like, I'm sure there's, it's not everybody and it's not every gym, but it's quite you know, like that's the jiu-jitsu community. Yeah, is like a lifestyle, the vibe. A li- of the yeah, exactly, lifestyle. Um, and judo's not, my experience of judo isn't like that. Like it's very, like I remember growing up and like girls like not liking each other because we're in the same weight class. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I, had the same, I had an experience as well. I was in a university team in judo yeah. and this guy used to take me down the same technique over and over. Yeah. And I, I was showing a couple of ground things yeah. and, and I said to the guy, man, what are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah. man, uh, you know, like they don't yeah. want to show you. I was like, what? Yeah. And I think the mentality behind that jujitsu um, aspect, aspect is that if I, if I show you, right, you know how to defend, I'm going to have to get better. Yeah. So I'll help you get better. You actually going to make yeah. me get better, you know, so it's going to yeah. evolve together. I think, um, I don't know whether this is, real or not for me it was judo was quite small in australia and um for me trying to qualify for the olympics and yeah it's definitely i think back for myself i remember i was kind of being told like don't tell people your tricks Mm. um and inside of yeah i want to beat everybody and i i want you to be the best competition for me as you can be because i don't want to win it just you know i don't want it handed to me i want to be the best of the best but i also have a goal and I want to be an Olympian and I want to like, so I don't necessarily want to then teach people how to beat me. Yeah. Um, and then, then when you've decided you kind of, you know, from, like once I realized that I was, you know, wanting to be international and not just being the best in Australia and, and able to kind of be proud of where I was, then I probably shared a little bit more here because I was okay. I'm now, now this is where I'm yeah, here yeah, now yeah. and I'm you've- not, you know, Which elevated your yeah. goal, yeah. And then being an adult and maybe removing <clears throat> myself from judo now, I'm like, yeah, I'll teach everyone judo because mm. I want you to love judo too. I would just say one thing, like I think that's probably like exact, like that train of thought is more um, to do with rather than what you were saying yeah. about how like people share to make each other improve. People do jujitsu for lifestyle. Yeah. People do. Yeah. Once you're competitive, pe- people yeah. do judo and boxing and yeah. kickboxing to be a world champion. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's two reasons why you do boxing and kickboxing, to be a world champion or to be a thug. People don't come to jiu-jitsu to be a yeah. thug. People come to jiu-jitsu for a lifestyle to have fun. Yeah. That's why there's a completely different attitude to, towards helping each other yeah. and, and competition. Yeah. Uh, m- m- like only two, 1%, 2% of people compete yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no, that makes sense. We, um, the people that do ju- judo, boxing, kickboxing seriously, yeah. they have a much higher yeah. likelihood of being a competitor. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're talking about people that are literally, like their whole goal is to be better than everybody yeah. else. Why the hell would I share my technique? Yeah. <laughs> Mm. that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah jiu-jitsu is very different in that scenario yeah. the, the people that compete is only a very very small portion of people so that's why you find everyone's much more open that's why you can go like we've talked with all the 29 people that we've had on the podcast is you can go to germany and go to a gym random gym come in and go hey what's up da, 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 and you can train with no problems yeah you're probably not going to do that with boxing or judo. You're not just going to turn up to someone's gym randomly. If you're a real competitor and there's another real competitor there, they're going to say, hey, wait a second. No, no, no. We might fight in the future. I'm not training with you. It's also um, even, you know, I talking about living with um, people with the same goals. Um, And, you know, yeah, we got to experience. And, like, people celebrated my wins, definitely. But... For me, being the foreigner, because like I was living in the UK, yeah. I was, look, I'm com- qualifying for the Olympics. I wa- I had to be number one in Oceania. Yeah. And it, it has changed again since then. Um, like to qualify, you need to be, I think women is top 20. Um, I can't remember. Sorry. There's a, there's a number that you have to be top yeah. something in the world to qualify, not just in your region. Yeah. Whereas when I was qualifying, it was number one in Oceania. And my housemates for them they had to be you know number one in europe so how many girls are there in australia and how many girls are there in europe and they were upset because that you could get easier than them yeah and so there was you know i you know i really like i am i really downplayed whether i was good or not for a long time and live and they were my housemates they were my best friends like and i look i don't think it was you know it's not malicious it's just the atmosphere and and i know that they celebrated all of my wins every time i fought they were always there but you do have those experiences i do remember like having one of my mates lose a competition and and it was a guy he wasn't even in my weight class but he lost and then didn't get to qualify for something and you know inside of that anger was like you're just like you know being an australian like you it's easier for you and it's like okay you're angry let that go projection but you do take that on yeah it's hurtful man and um but then yeah now as an adult i sit back and i go man i won medals at like world cups and i was ranking you know i was i was ranked like you know top seven as a junior and then i was ranked top whatever and as an adult and that's not because I'm Australian. That's not anything to do no, with what all I'm the doing hard over in Oceania. That's at world level. So I was good. Like, and it, now that's, as an adult, I can say that. But I was too scared to say that back then. I didn't believe it back then. Hmm. And if you think as well, that can actually uh, actually increase your like your fire. You know, like just to like, oh, you know what? I'm actually gonna prove them yeah. that I, you know, yeah, I'm from Australia, but I can come here and do well in the yeah. high level too. You know, international. Yeah. I think that's normal in competition though. Like you got you, you have the same goal though. Like that's the problem. It's like oh everyone wants to be the best. Like you guys are friends, you're all this stuff, but at the end of the day everyone wants yeah. to be the best. And like it's a very selfish pursuit to be the best at something. Mm-hmm. So like there's gonna be times where people get upset and like, Well, screw you. You well, you know, your your level's not that good and it's not fair and it's just their own frustration yeah. because they didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve. Yeah. And and I've had this experience competing in jiu-jitsu when i've actually gone and like done a proper camp at a gym that focuses on competition there is not a friendly atmosphere 
yeah. especially as being an outsider. Yeah. The fact that you're there and you're a competitor yeah. and that you have come from another situation, another country, wherever, and now there's, oh, this, this is weird. Oh, yeah. there's a threatening individual here that whether they're doing well or not, just the fact that you're there is uncomfortable for yeah. people because you're disturbing the, the yeah. general nature of things. And again, it's not malicious. It's not anything. It's human nature. Yeah. This is my goal. This is what I want. That is a threat to my yeah. goal. So I'm going to be aggressive towards I, that. Um, I was watching, I, I listened to one of your podcasts with one of the girls from yeah. the gym. Yeah. And you guys were talking about training with other women. Yeah. And um, that's a great example for me. I, judo, like growing up in judo, I never trained with women. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. Like, and, and coming into jujitsu, I never went to a women's class. I was like, you know, yeah. that's not for me. Girls are scary. Like, they are catty. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, look, there's definitely cattiness in any female group. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I actually really enjoy training with women now. And where I'm training, like, with MMA, like, yeah. I actually, both the two gyms that I'm associated with, with MMA, we have, like, a massive girl group now. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really cool. Yeah. And, um yeah like it's just it's so different it's so different my experience now training with other women in mma and you know look it's not always great like there's you know lots of cattiness and like i've like for me right now like i've, I've had some personal stuff going on in martial arts so it's not always perfect yeah. um but yeah my group of girls that i train with now are incredible and yeah. you know supportive of each other and and you know, a couple of us are in similar weight classes, but, you know, we all, like, you support each other and where you're at at the time. And yeah. it's it's really humbling being part of that and listening to women go, yeah, you beat the crap out of me, but you're this. And, like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm only at this stage of my learning. Like, being able to acknowledge why maybe there's a level difference and, and crediting as, man, I just... It's incredible. Like, I think I that it. comes with experience from martial arts for sure. Like as you understand martial arts more, yeah. you can um, appreciate someone's level more and understand why things happen. I think like, yeah, it's interesting stuff. That's probably why a dude did it and not a chick saying like, oh, you just did this and that because like they, they have a different like view of technique and, and stuff. I don't know. It's just interesting. Definitely there seems to be more um, emotion involved with you know, some w w female athletes and stuff like that, which is, you know, totally normal. And sometimes that spills over, like guys do it too as well. Um, yeah, so. I, I think yeah. I think that um, bringing back the subject, like I think that back on the day, Jiu-Jitsu was more similar because it was a lot more competitive and there was this big rivalry. So yeah. remember brown and black belts training closed doors, you know, they wouldn't share, there was no internet sharing position. Yeah. They wouldn't share positions. In Brazil, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. A guy outside would come in, they'll tell you, hey, put your gear inside out. No, so no patches. The patch. yeah. Yeah, and right. then what they would do, did that many times, they would go, oh yeah, you came, okay, yep, just put your patch, uh, you know, gear inside out. Yeah, great, welcome. And then they get the five best ones, you know, yeah. they just put <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, very, very conscious about what was happening. That was a little bit different, though. That was like almost so by gang, that time, gang warfare at the time. Like yeah, that, that, but it was is, very cool yeah. because the scenery was jiu-jitsu started very yeah. competitive. Like there was pretty much nearly fights on competition on the crowd, you know, like yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it was very, very competitive. Yeah. 
um, you couldn't. I I remember being like childhood friend of this guy, but because he wasn't, he is not training at the same gym that I was. Yeah. I had to support him quietly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> no, very no, disturbing. No, no, no way. <laughs> you guys slapped him in the face. Yeah. I've seen that happen before. Yeah. You guys slapped him in the face because of that. Like so. Um, but so what I'm trying to say is like back on the time when Jiu-Jitsu started, nowadays it's only three percent of our competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Only three yeah. percent, you know, is that data from the IFBJJF. But uh, before, back on the day, it was similar, you know. So it's I think you guys are right. Like it becomes competitive. There's like oh, it's me or you, so it's yeah. gonna be mm-hmm. me. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's human nature. Just like one other thing that we kind of move into. What was the experience like, like going into MMA? Like, how did your fight go? And like, how's that going continuing now? Um, yeah, it was, oh, honestly, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, just my own personality and being competitive, I was really afraid of not being good. Um, I, you know, I've kind of got this identity from my career in judo um, that, you know, judo is you know part of my identity like and and that i have reached a certain level and especially like i know my first fight like i got offered you know i didn't get offered any like newbies i was getting offered good fights and i was you know again i don't ever want to just get handed a win i want to earn a win so you know like it was i was just scared of not representing myself or not you know yeah you've got to learn but I was scared I just look like an idiot okay, okay. <laughs> um so that was there for me in, in coming over into a new sport and um yeah like marketing they're like yeah she's a black belt in judo she's an Olympian so there's that pressure yeah. on myself I'm putting pressure on myself that people are going to expect something of me yeah. um and yeah I've I've I won my, well, I've had three fights. Um, I won my first two. And my last fight, I really stood by that whole wanting to be just as good striking as I was grappling and focused mostly on trying to improve my standing game. And, um, yeah, it was, I fought for a belt in MMA and I just, I messed up. I made mistakes. I didn't focus on any grappling. And obviously her game plan was that she knew I was a good grappler. So she had an answer for all of my grappling. Yeah. And I hadn't even I hadn't even been training grappling. Like yeah. my I was unfit, like in, in grappling, like because it's different fitness. Like yeah, I yeah, could survive yeah. an MMA fight, but you know, grappling and wrestling and clinching is just a different level of fitness. For and sure. I didn't have that grappling fitness. And I just didn't represent myself and I learned from that. And um, yeah, I've had a couple of injuries the last couple of years and just going through personal stuff and and honestly like I got to the point where I was almost ready to quit yeah um just I broke my I was in fight camp and broke my wrist and then I came back and I was in another injury and I hurt my neck quite badly um so I it was just like for me it was just like one thing after the other yeah setback after setback yeah yeah. and and talking about like that whole community stuff like for me um the personal stuff like because I have like martial arts is my whole life like my personal life is in my sport as well unfortunately like you know it's good and bad because but yeah like like um yeah the 
breakdown in my fam- my personal family like came into my martial arts yeah. and I was at a point where I was like, I'm injured like you know I'm getting a bit older I'm not like you know like I was a young 18 with a sniffer at the Olympics with no kids and now I'm an adult with two kids and you know what do I want and is this my community still like and yeah, yeah like going being brave enough to step back in the gym after all of that and going, yeah, this is my community. These people make me happy. This yeah. is, you know, like, I'm, you know, and I am really lucky that I've made such good friends in martial arts that, you know, that was, I was able to step past my personal stuff to yeah. go actually do really love being here. Yeah. And, you know, the injuries and the personal stuff that are tied to martial arts, that's not going to ruin my experience of martial arts. Um, and yeah, so I, I am, I'm talking to my coach at the moment. I've got a couple of goals, hopefully for this year, some fights that, you know, we're talking about. Um, there's a big hurdle to get back there after injuries and with two kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not finished. Yeah. So when was the last fight? Uh, um, so my last fight was in 2019. Okay. And then I have had a couple of jujitsu comps since then. Yep. Um, and How was that experience competing in jujitsu? Yeah, well, so I hadn't competed yet since I had my purple belt and I've been a purple belt for a couple of years now. Mm. So I um, just wanted to test myself and um, see where I was at. And I also, like me personally, I don't want to grade to my next belt until I'm, you know, winning. I'm, the, you know, winning at the belt that I'm at because I do think that I'm a, my belts, for me, I am an, like I'm an athlete at that belt. You know, there's people that are like, you know, that may not compete ever. Yeah, recreational. Yeah, and you know, their their skill level is that belt. You know, like they're turning up to training and like the te- their technique repertoire and yeah, yeah. like that represents their belt. For me, my belt also represents where I am competitively. Yeah. Um, so I want to be winning at that belt before. Like that's my own personal goal. That's just me. I want to yeah. be winning at that belt before I then move on Progress to on. next yeah. belt um so yeah i wanted to compete at purple and just see where i was against the other girls um and it was a bit daunting i i turned up i think it was i don't know if it was state titles or something at the end of last year um and i hadn't been training and my neck was like barely attached and um i did well but by the i got um to the final and i was Final or semi-final, Dying. I can't remember. And I was, yeah, I was yeah. struggling to even stand up. And so I wasn't the best representation, but I was, it was so good for me. Yeah. It was good for me to be able to go, I, you know, competed having not trained in the last six months and I'm still competitive. And, you know, I, yeah, it was good for me personally to be, give myself that Did that kind of give back. you confidence as well, just to go back into like the MMA kind of side of things as well or not? Um. MMA, like, yeah, it's it's just different. Like, it, it is different. And but I, I mean, going there yeah. and competing and, like, oh, I'm being competitive, does that yeah. kind of, like, re-inspire you to go and um, get back involved in MMA or not really? Um, yeah, like, it's not really. Like, it's just my motivation for MMA and jiu-jitsu is a bit different. Okay. Like, I love jiu-jitsu. Like, I love judo. Mm. And I want to do it because I enjoy it. MMA, it's a competition for me. Like, it's, you know, I don't think it's fun to turn up and get punched in the face no, every not at day. All. Not at all. Um, so, it's just different motivation. I actually, there's there's a girl in um, 
in Pebble Belt in my weight class and she's incredible. Like I have been watching like the girls competitions and like watching results and watching highlights and things. And man, she just beats everybody. Like she's cool. Like, mm. and I want to beat her. Like, like, you know, um, and so it was actually her that I lost to and me walking away from that was, man, I want to, I want to fight her at where I feel like I'm actually representing myself. Like, not to take away from, like, she beat me that day. Mm. But I was like, I'm injured. And, like, I give myself these excuses. But I'm like, okay, let's have another go. Like, let me train and yeah. let me get, like, my injuries under control and let me have another go. Because I'm like, you're, you're, man, like, I feel like she's untouchable in Australia at the moment in our weight and, and our color belt. Like, mm. she's just great. Like, so I want to fight her. Mm. <laughs> so there's my motivation walking okay. away from that competition okay. was... Yeah. You know, I could have walked away and gone, I don't care. Yeah. But I didn't. I walked away and I was like, okay, let me have another go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's interesting what you're touching about, like, the. I think the purpose of training, doing something, um, changes as well with time, yeah. you know. And, and and you sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm going to give up or too many injuries or I had enough or I was using that to do something for my life but I already achieved or something yeah. like that. But then you... You kind of like find a different purpose, you know, and at the yeah. end of the day, having a great community, like yeah. you said, uh, and something that makes you feel good regardless, yeah. you know, the purpose, I think is super yeah. uh, awesome. What kind of advice would you give to someone? Because a lot of people in Australia um, doesn't yet, even though it's growing so massively right now, it yet doesn't understand too much about jiu-jitsu, doesn't know exactly what it is. But, and so they get really scared to come to a jiu-jitsu gym. Right? I heard a lot of people, oh, I want to try, but I'm, I think I'm too old. And they're like 30. I'm like, wow, you're not too old at all. Or, yeah. oh, I'm not fit enough. I'm going to do some ways, weights. Yeah. I hate that all the time. I'm going to do some weights. I need to get, get fit first. I need yeah. to get fit. And I'm like, and oh, what is the better place to get fit? Than a gym? Yeah. So how do all girls going, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit small, you know. What would be your advice for these people? Um, again, it's just community, hey. Like, it's finding the gym that, like, there's always excuses um <laughs> and even like even me like it's been really hard being injured and having the two kids like i mm. i don't have like my mom's a competitive powerlifter like she's like competing at the world like she's you know it's me my mom and my kids so she's got her own career and her own sport like she's I can't just drop the kids off and go to training. And, yeah. you know, for me to be at jiu-jitsu, there's a dedication to be at jiu-jitsu because I have to find a babysitter or I have to find a way around it. And I am at uni. I have, like, you know, all these other commitments. And it's not, you know, at one point I could be selfish with my training and my time because I had a goal. Like, I was going to the Olympics. You know, that's where I was going. And, and so you had no other responsibilities. Else, yeah, yeah, everything else in my life revolved around my goal mm. now i've got to find that balance and and it is tricky and i do respect that a lot more now like whereas before i'd hear somebody go but i have you know a job or i have kids and i'm like and what, what? Yeah. yeah what like you can like i have a job and i'm still you know and i was still like when i fought for the belt i still had a full-time job and a kid like you know like i still made it happen but yeah it is like now like i am a, I have a lot more respect for okay people have different priorities in their life um but yeah it's finding the right community and yeah it is negotiating and compromise but it's it's worth it and 
um yeah you get so much more out of every area in your life I think if you have a good community and good exercise like you know for me exercising like my mental health and like I'm so much more productive in everywhere else in my life when I'm training Mm. and it's hard to sometimes get myself to the gym but the benefits of being at the gym like what I get out of like uni and like my time with my children and my mental health like there's so many benefits from it um there's no one answer every every individual situation is different and how they then make it happen and how much time they can and can't give Mm. but yeah the benefits are worth it yeah the balance is amazing the balance is happiness in my opinion you know is where you find it like you feel good about yourself feel good about um the time you're enjoying life you yeah know? yeah you, you might have, have to you might have to sacrifice one drinks night a week or something like that yeah. but so, you know most of the time it's worth it you know to go yeah. there and do something more personal for you that's better and all yeah. those things you talked about mentally physically yeah. or, or it's going to improve your life in so yeah. many different areas so. yeah like i i drive you know like far longer like there's judo or jiu-jitsu there's like nowadays since the ufc there's yeah. jiu-jitsu and um mma and martial arts like everywhere Mm. you can find a club everywhere but yeah i drive anywhere between half hour like i train at caloundra like my one of my mma coaches at caloundra which is an hour and you know sometimes more depending on traffic from my house but i find the time to make that hour drive you know and then have to come back because like it's worth it it's worth it it's worth you know what I get at like my friends and my coach and my community like it's worth it for me like and that's where that's where I belong that's my click and finding that extra hour in the day is worth it for me yeah there's people that come from Launton from Green yeah Bay. I really appreciate like I, I have a massive drives. appreciation yeah. for people that come from far away I really yeah. do and people that have kids as well and yeah. find a balance you know and we all at one point, oh, I have to work a bit more here. I can't, but you know, it's about like, okay, but how about next week? Yeah. How about maybe put a session on Sunday? Yeah. How about, you know, like that's yeah. super important. There's always a way around all There's the always excuses. How about yeah. waking up yeah. one hour early? Like yeah. that's what, you know, you can yeah. do as well sometimes. Um, I have this other question that I had to you. It's like, you know, everyone um, has one or two techniques that they, like if they touch the gear that's gonna be you yeah. know judo like what are your two go-to moves where yeah you're not in a competitive arena anymore like yeah, no, 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 can tell, okay. right? um like standing work yeah yeah so Take um downs. yeah so when i was competing my two like well actually i had three i kind of like when i was growing up it was haragoshi like um you know judo <laughs> like, yeah so i was like really good at haragosh like you step through it's like you know chumada the sweep yeah, up the yeah, middle so yeah. haragoshi's on the, on outside. the outside leg yeah, yeah. yeah um so growing up like i was like that was like people knew i was good at that but then that transitioned and like the last kind of majority of my career i was foot sweeps and kataguruma so okay. all the firemen and drop cutter, yeah that yeah. was my i love it and that again like was my judo coach being european yeah. we wrestled so i was and i met you allowed to touch the legs at the time yeah Yeah. see that came in the my final year of competing and that was a hard transition to let go of that um um but yeah so and but then it was trying to find because you still can do those techniques but it's like you know don't don't grab on don't hold on and like yeah but katagurum is like that drop through wrestling and um and 
uh, I love foot sweep, so I used to like do like a coachy into like a leg grab. So yeah. I so like sweep it up to my hand and then drive through. Like yeah. that was my I loved it, and everyone knew I loved it. Everyone knew that I you know. You and how it. cool is it though to have people know that you're good at that yeah, and still yeah, do it? Like yeah. that's cool. That for me is perfection. You know what I mean? When you achieve that level, that yeah. people know you're gonna happen. Yeah. You, they train to avoid it, and yeah. you can still make it happen. You got to that level of perfection. You know, like it's outstanding. Yeah. Technique, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and my next question following up on that is like, if you, so for example, um, people can be a specialist, a sniper on these two yeah. techniques, you know, and do extremely well. What do you find of people that are like, let's talk about judo, people that have the good, pretty much they have like, instead of having two or three or four, they have like, whatever they can feel what's happening. And they have like 15, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Do you think that these guys are kind of like one-off? You know what I mean? Like they just so un, um, uh, and talk about yeah, a high, yeah, high level. Yeah. You think these guys are not like um, almost like it doesn't happen often? Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So there's there's always different. Yeah. So my coach and I used to talk about this a lot. Is there's talent and then and skill and then there's hard work. So there's athletes that are just athletes like that they don't train they don't do anything and they'll just be a freak they'll be good at it and then if you get one of those athletes that like has the mindset to also be like working hard in the gym like there's nothing they can't achieve like the you know and i've 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 trained and fought both like i have like you know there was a girl that was quite competitive um and for me like trying to qualify for the olympics it was between her and i yeah and she wasn't naturally athletic she came from like a her background was like they were um you know very a- academic driven yeah. um and so she hadn't been brought up in sport she came into sport like a little bit later mm. and she worked hard every day and it was then learning the balance like having to learn skills that other athletes just have naturally like some athletes are naturally like gifted with balance and movement and reaction like and then there's the athletes that have to learn that and there's so much appreciation for the people that like are you know doing gymnastics and all these other things to learn that stuff and then there's the athletes that that stuff just is comes easy um so yeah if you you know you find the athlete that just you know the talent is there and then the work ethic is there as well like this combination That's is super incredible. hard to find. Yeah. Because normally when they talent, they get in the comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. And if they can get away for a certain level, they can, you know, still do well. And they yeah. just don't take to the next level. Yeah. But when you have that combination, it's, and it's very unique. It's very yeah. difficult to find that, um, uh, that combination, I think. Hey. Yeah. It's harder to appreciate things that come easy to you. Does that make sense? Mm. So if you're naturally good at your balance, if you're naturally this and that, and things are easy to you, it's harder to appreciate the technicality, the nuance, the little adjustments and stuff like that. Whereas if you, every day you have to just like grind yeah. through and figure out a way to be better because you can't rely on those yeah. natural gifts. Like you, you I, I think long-term, those people that are like more of those technicians that have to grind, like claw their way to getting better every day, they yeah. generally do better long-term. Yeah. Whereas the individuals that are like just freaks, yeah. Man, they all dominate for three, four years, but they don't have a 10-year career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it depends as well what you're exposed to, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you've never lost, like, you know, 
you don't know what it feels like to lose. Mm. So, you know, you're not going to train to not lose if you don't know what it feels like to lose. Mm. Um, and that is that saying, you're only going to learn it. We're going to know a yeah. champion when you see them losing, how they yeah. come back from. The yeah. Roster. And that's it. Like you may be talented and be winning and never be exposed to that. And then when that happens, exactly like they may not come back. You might take a loss and it just breaks you. Or, you know, yeah. and it depends on their headset, uh, like where they, you know, like their head and their coaches and what their goals are to how they then respond to a defeat. Um, and, you know, I think like if your goal is to be the best at state level or if your goal is to be the best in your gym, that's all you'll ever be, you know, because, yeah, like you don't like, like you might be the best in Australia, but... Mm until you go overseas and realize man what you how good you think you are yeah, yeah. like man challenge the big guys that are doing this every day against world-class athletes every day like you you just don't know until you're exposed to that where you actually do sit i mm. think i think when you have this type of like talent and hard work together and they they have these when they go on a higher level they have so many areas where they can setting up a strategy that they can okay they can play well from the bottom half of God they can play well standing up you know like so it's it's super um convenient for them to change you know according to who they're gonna fight with they become uh it's almost like a unique gun you know like you yeah. have v v super versatile right? yeah i think like with what everyone's talking about like um it, it kind of happened that happens naturally like the, the individuals that like literally have to like work every day and go and do um, gymnastics and do this stuff for balance, whatever, they're already building like a different mindset because mm. they have to fight for every little improvement. Whereas somebody that, again, it comes back to that, like you don't appreciate things that come easy to you. And it doesn't, like we all do it. That's human nature. Like if someone's always super nice to you, super nice to you, become like, um, yeah, like, I'm not not so grateful for that interaction until it disappears, and that's what I'm talking about to do with someone that's a that's a freak athlete, that's a natural, um, you know, um, athlete or has an X factor in whether it's judo, jiu-jitsu, whatever. Because you don't have to build that mental uh, like mindset of fortitude and resilience, and man, I, I need to go there and do this, and I need to add this thing extra, I need to improve that. It, it's just the building of the mindset, and the building of the mindset happens over time, like. You don't need to do that because everything's easy for you. Because you can, the moment you grip the guy's collar, you mm. naturally feel things and you kick the guy's foot yeah. and he falls over and you're like, yeah, man, it's fucking easy. And then you go there and do whatever you want. But somebody that like has to claw their way through every single scenario to improve and improve and improve, they're building already that mental yeah. resilience. So that's why I'm saying like over a, sh a longer period of time, someone that has to really work for every single thing. They, they're already suffering defeats every time and they're trying to get better and they're trying to get better. That person is always going to have a longer career yeah. because of the way they develop. The individual that's more that specialist that just can do shit without researching, without doing stuff, I norm, I'm just talking about my analysis of it, is they generally have a shorter career. And they, the reason they have a shorter career is because it was fucking easy. Yeah. They yeah. didn't have to claw uh, through everything. Uh. And, they've, and a lot of the time, like you're saying, they've never suffered a defeat. And when they finally do, they don't know how to deal with it. Because mm. for the last how many years, they've never, ever been put in this position. Whereas somebody on the other side of the spectrum, then they lose every training session. They're losing all the time. 
So they just deal with it better, I feel like. But yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Do you think, for example, in, in the highest level, right? Like, because I've, there's a lot of people that I found that like, you're on a higher level, but you have to now concentrate more on the, the little points, you know, like, yeah. the, like a twinning of a car, F1 car, you know, like it's your nutrition, yeah. it's your stretch, you know, and that, that yeah. it's such a extra work because the work is such a hard as yeah. strenuous work. There's just the final bit here, you yeah. know, and how hard is that? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. well how important do you think that is actually for the, yeah. the final goal? Yeah, I, um, there's a lot of stuff I've learned as an adult that I just wish I knew back when I was competing properly. Yeah. Um, and some of it I've learned through, you know, my gym and, and meeting new people and some like, and even just like, you know, my mom being an athlete now experiencing her going through it and being, just being an adult. Like I, um, like weight cuts for me were massive, like a big thing for me. And, um, by the time, like I was kind of wrapping up my judo career, like seriously, my competitions became my weight cut. And it was because yeah. I didn't start those weight cuts well that by the end, like, so I, I used to compete in under 52s and I was like, I sat in the middle of 52 and 57. So I was, um, kind of small for a 57 athlete <clears throat> yeah. um and you know i was probably perfect size for 52 but i had to balance that weight cut well like it, mm. it wasn't like an easy cut <clears throat> um and <clears throat> yeah for me it was the being competitive here in australia at 57 was easy but overseas it was a big difference those girls were a lot bigger than i was yeah. and trying to balance up where i where i was most competitive um and so making the decision to go down to 52 like yeah by the end i was like so i started i was only cutting two kilos like oh sorry maybe three kilos um but by the end of my career i was cutting from like 59 kilos down to 52 in a week and you know we used to weigh in the same day so we'd weigh in in the morning go and have two hours and then we had to fight and potentially have anywhere from you know one or two up to like five six seven bouts in the day and um yeah i i remember um one of my last tournaments i i made weight and i was seated for that tournament you know i'd had all these conversations with my coach leading up to it was i think it was my final like junior tournament and it was my last chance to win at a junior worlds and i was seated i had the best draw possible and um i cut down from like 59 kilos um and it killed me like mm. i just it was the hardest cut i've ever done and i weighed in and i was already it's done competition's over like i can i'm going home i'm having some water i'm gonna have a nap and and like the competition was already over before i stepped on the mat like i my head my mindset was gone because everything was i just have to make weight and um yeah i just didn't know how to cut weight i didn't know how to like rehydrate well yeah. and every time you do a bad weight cut the next weight cut's gonna Harder, be worse yeah. like you're setting yourself up to yeah. fail and and <laughs> you know like i it causes long-term damage too like it mm. does like and people don't respect that like mm -hmm. if you don't i competed for 10 10 or so more years in judo at like a pretty good level and cutting weight constantly and like there's long-term effects of poor weight cuts and poor like you know deep like massive dehydration, dehydration yeah. cuts and things like that that are yeah 
that, yeah, now I'm like, man, if I knew, like I competed at this level, like if I knew how to cut weight properly and I knew how to rehydrate properly and, and I didn't spend all this time trying to make weight, what could I have achieved? Mm -hmm. Like if I knew that and. But you had yeah. coaches telling you and you're just like, ah, oh, that'll no. do. Like, no, you didn't. No, that, it's this so is the thing with weight now. cutting though, I think. Like most people like, never understood how to do it properly we no. just we just it was kind of like bro science yeah. we're just like ah oh, you know don't eat the week yeah. of and yeah don't drink water yeah. and i'll oh, have some salt or do this but like yeah. some people now with the research and like people yeah. know that they have like a scientific method of how to yeah. cut weight properly i very 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 rarely cut weight i've done yeah. it a couple of times where i've had to lose you know pretty large yeah. amounts of weight but yeah like the performances that you have yeah when you do that type of thing, and again, without real understanding or knowledge, it's diminished. Like, you, you're never going to be yourself or you, your true self. Your performance is never going to be what you can actually um, kind of perform at because you're depleting your body of, of energy. Like, you're not you, supposed to do that. If you don't yeah. know, you don't know. Yeah. Like, and that was for us. It was, you trust your coach. And, like, you know, he's really going to kick kick my butt for saying this but like back then like my coach coached me in everything mm. like he was my nutritionist he was my strength and conditioning coach and he was my judo coach and in all fairness love him to bits and he has a very broad skill set and mm. and is comp like you know very competent in mm. all those areas but you're never gonna be like he's not a nutritionist yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's not a strength and conditioning coach he has a broad understanding and he's very capable like he got me to where i where i got to but, you know, there's people that excel in different areas. And, you mm. know, um, you know, that's a perfect example, like in MMA, mm. like, you know, there's coaches that are experts in boxing and experts in Thai fighting. And like now it's a little bit different because they're like MMA has been around a bit longer and people can be a very skilled, diverse MMA fighter. But generally, like you want to learn from the best of, of each area yeah. and it's the same in like you know any competition you want the best nutritionist you want the best strength and conditioning coach and and people that excel and that's what they live and that's what they do they're going to be the people that can help you and yeah like i yeah it makes such a big difference like you mm. know actually having the right team and the right information um and yeah, I didn't know that back then. And yeah, it could have made a big difference, but... I don't think many people did though. You know what I mean? Like no. even, even the people that were nutritious, they didn't know what to do to cut no. weight. They didn't know how to deplete people correctly and no. stuff like that. I think it's the, the whole process of doing yeah. it like this bro science way, which yeah. was, that was the best knowledge people had at yeah. the time. That's what has led to it being so yeah. much more advanced now. Yeah. So. And there's like the guys out now, like I am um, that work with the fighters, like like the sports dietitians, yeah. and like back, like I remember going and seeing a dietitian, like when I was cutting weight, and them saying you're not eating enough, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I know that, but like, and then she's <laughs> like, we need to increase your food intake and and get you like eating better, and then we'll cut and you back down it, yeah. again. And I was like, never seen I got like ever. you know four weeks, mate. Come on, how are we gonna do yeah, this? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and. Um, yeah, it was just, they, they, they know what they know. And, you know, I was trying to find somebody that knew diets, but she didn't know athletes and she didn't know, you know, sports diet and, you know, they walking the around at a that. healthy yeah. weight and being able to cut that little weight. Not, I don't need to walk around at 52. Let's find the optimal weight to walk around at that, that weight cut works for us. Yeah. Um, and they didn't exist back then. Now right. there's lots of people that Options, are yeah. incredible at that stuff.
I, w- I should probably see one. I've never done that ever in my life. <laughs> I see cheeseburgers. Yeah, so. now I'm good. I just get as heavy as possible and go on the heaviest weight. <laughs> now I'm like, <laughs> can I fight strategy. the next weight class, please? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no. I've got a weight for jujitsu now and I'm like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I, I always kind of had that attitude. But again, when, when you start getting more serious, when you start getting like high level, when you start being more international competitions, you yeah. can't have that attitude anymore yeah. because you can't make up 10 kilos yeah. in muscle because your skill level is so much yeah. better because they're that skilled and they're also that yeah. big. So it's very different when you're at the top level like yeah. you're talking about. And at that um, level, yeah, the nutrition is going to make a difference. The recovery is going to make yeah. a difference. The strength and conditioning is going to make a difference. Like all of those little 1% things compound and lead to the result. We yeah. talked like right at the start about kids um, yeah. in martial arts. And I... I have seen kids that are you know, junior, junior competitors and cutting like a kilo or two to make weight. Yeah, yeah. And like, look, everybody to their own. But like with my kids, I'm like, you aren't cutting weight yeah, unless yeah. you are at a certain level where it matters. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and I just like, I have this real thing like, you know, why do you need to cut weight? Like, what, like, are you afraid of? Like, I know this sounds a bit weird, but are you afraid of fighting the people at the weight you actually are? Like, because you are actually are yeah, that weight. That heavy, yeah. So, you know, why are you cutting 10 kilos to fight somebody 10 kilos lighter? Like, you know, I want to be able to fight the people. I weigh that, like, mm. you know. Um, and, yeah, it makes a big difference when you get to a certain level. Maybe you're not walking around at a healthy weight or, you know, whatever reason that you then think it's more important to drop down a weight. But, like, I just... Um, from judo more so than jujitsu, I just I think there becomes this big thing about what weight class you fight, mm. and it becomes like part of your experience in competing is like weight cuts are so important and like there's like it shouldn't exist, just fight. It's a very controversial topic for sure. Like it, you know people want the competitive edge, but then like it's not healthy yeah. for the athletes, and yeah, it's a this yeah. is a very um, controversial yeah. area of martial arts yeah. and. I know that it's like historically that's what happens, but yeah, maybe you know the best approach is like this is how much you weigh on the day. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, go there somebody. and fight somebody. And you want it, yeah. you want an easy win because you like walk in the next day and you're ten kilos heavier than the person, mm. or well, it's not necessarily an easier win, but you know, like you yeah. know, I, I want to be the best. I want to beat whoever's in front of me, mm-hmm. and you know, I just. I also, the other side of that is you expose kids to weight cutting really early. Like, yeah, it's long term health effects. Yeah, yeah. Long, but also, like, you know, for me, I, it's like there's like this whole world of body dysmorphia and everything else, having been an athlete since I was 10 years old yeah. to then like my weight being so important, like that, that number becomes important. You know, like, it doesn't matter what I look like, but I'm not this weight. Like, I'm not this number on the scale. Like, and, and, you know, there's so much more, like, to exposing kids to weight cutting so early that comes with that. Like, the... the They don't need to think about it. Even pressure for competing as well. You know, some parents do too much, in my opinion, too early. Yeah. So, it gets after a while, you know, when the kids should be really keen to do it and you know and then they don't want to do it anymore. yeah they like remove the fun too, man. Yeah. but now too early you know yeah they remove the fun from it, it becomes sometimes pressure. i tell but yeah. that story you know mm. yeah yeah my son did his first ever competition um and he hasn't competed since but i was like you know like i talked a little bit about my son and he's afraid of losing yeah. and, and you know all these things 
things I create for him. Like, mm. you know, and I was terrified of, you know, the pressure I felt because of who I am as an athlete. Like, oh, what's going to happen if this doesn't go well? And, you know, he, um, he was gray white belt. It was his first fight, at uh, first comp. He, um, he got submitted. He competed for it. Like he, he got like over halfway yeah, yeah. and was doing really well. He did like an awesome little takedown. And then this kid like got his back and like great was gone. But, um, he was like, it was incredible. Like mm. I, like I have never been like so proud of my kid in watching how he handled losing. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, I, it scares me watching my kids compete and do anything i'm like that blubbering mom that's like cries and thinks my kids are cool Mm. and you know yeah you can be so proud of your kid for a win but man i have never been so proud about watching that kid do something that you know he was terrified to try Mm. he was so scared to try it in the first place in the first place he was scared to lose and he still did it and he lost and he was okay like Mm. he was he was devastated he didn't get a shiny medal but but he was like man i think that's so cool like that that's really cool that is it is very cool we we had like another dad talk about the type of thing as well and just watching them you know like learn how to tap and and actually actually doing a technique for the first time ever in the class instead of just going crazy or lying and be like oh i don't know i don't want to do this so yeah it's a it's humbling, yeah, hey. yeah, Like, I'm a terrible loser. Like, <laughs> I am. And I, but life is going to be, you know, sometimes going to yeah. win, sometimes going to lose. You know, it's very yeah. important to get acquired that knowledge, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, really appreciate you coming here today. Um, I still think into my head, I hope you brought your gi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Train advice. But, you know, anytime you're around, um, coming by, by here, just stop by, have a train, you know what I mean? Yeah, thank you guys, honestly. And, like, just before we go, like, what we talked about, like, my experience training with girls, like, this was one of the first time I ever trained in a women's class because I got here at the wrong time. It was the women's (laughs) class and I did the women's class. Man, I, like, you got some strong girls here and I'm so impressed. We're growing so much now, you know, like, we have, like, about 20 girls, you know, and some of them are, like, you know, super keen, getting technical. That'd be great to have you as a whole model yeah, for them. Like you. when you want to come one day, like, you know, please. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, Thanks. we'll be I super welcome. It'd be like very nice to have you here with us. No, thank you, you so much. You can even show them yeah. something, you know. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you Thanks, so much guys. for coming. Thank I you. really cool. appreciate all your um, insight and stuff. It's very interesting and you got a very extensive competitive background stuff. So it's very interesting to yeah. hear your super perspective. Amazed. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Thank you, Ross. Thanks, guys.